0: Father, we just thank you. We praise you, Lord. We worship you, Father. We just give you glory. We give you honor. We give you thanks. Lord, we just are overwhelmed, Lord, by your goodness and your kindness in our lives. You're such a good God. Your mercy endures forever. Father, even as we have come here this evening, O Lord, this place might seem very innocuous, Lord, very simple. Very foolish. Father, why do, why do your children have to come in the, in the, in the middle of an inclement weather to come and sit at your feet? It might seem absolutely foolish in the eyes of the world, but we have come here knowing and believing, Lord, that you will speak to our hearts. That you would, Lord, reveal yourself to us even more clearly in these last days, O oh Lord, even as you have enjoined us in your scripture. That even as we see that day approaching, that we will gather together more and more, O Lord. That we will not forsake the assembling together. Knowing, Father, that in the presence of your people, O Lord, that you would reveal yourself more clearly to us, O Lord. Take away every tiredness in our body and in our spirits and in our minds. And grant us, O Lord, attentiveness, O Lord, so that we'll be able to hear your voice. We thank you, we praise you. Anoint us to that and we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So... I'm sure the message on Sunday is still ringing in your ears. But let it continue to ring. Let it just let the enemy not steal the words that God has spoken to us clearly. So let's turn turn back again to Second Kings chapter six. Second Kings chapter six, and we will read verses one to seven, and we will continue where Pastor stopped. Yes, last time. Um, in our study this evening, second Kings chapter six, verses one to seven, I'm going to read from my Bible and I'm going to ask you to, uh, if some of you to don't look at scripture so they can turn quickly. So let's see from chapter six, verses one to seven. Now the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, see the place uh, where we dwell under your charge, Uh, My my translation says, dwell under your charge. Um, Other translations will use the word uh, that we may dwell with you. Okay. Yes. It's too small for us to dwell. For us to dwell. Okay. So let us go to Jordan and each one of us get there a log and let us make a place for us to dwell there. And he answered, go. And KJ will use the word go. E. All right. The one of them said, Then one of them said, be pleased to go with your servants. And he said, answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was felling a log, his axe had fell into the waters. And he cried out, alas, my master, it was borrowed. When the man of God said, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, he cut a stick and threw it in there and uh, and made the iron float and he said, take it up. So he reached out his hand and he took it. Seven verses that changed my life. I mean, uh pastor was preaching uh, this particular thing on uh, one of the pastor's meetings at Malkajkari. It was unbelievable. So, the message starts, or rather, this uh, episode starts. Of course, it's sandwiched between two miracles of 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 Elisha. We looked at that last time. Uh, the miracle that that happened to Naaman and the miracle that happened to Gehazi, Gehazi too. Okay, and then of course the next miracle uh, uh, that where uh, where the king of Syria is coming with his entire army to capture Elisha. Uh, this particular episode is sandwiched between the two. And it starts off with uh, the sons of prophets calling out to Elisha. And of course, the word Elisha means God is my salvation. Okay. Yahweh is my salvation. So it's a type of Christ, a symbol of Christ. It's a type of Christ. And the sons of prophets are who? All of us are the sons of prophets. Right. It says in uh, Revelation chapter 19, verse 10, you don't have to turn there, the Spirit of Christ is the testimony of what? Uh, The testimony of Christ is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. So you and I are prophets if we bear the testimony of Jesus Christ in our hearts. Okay. What is the testimony of Jesus Christ for our lives? Is that he saved us. That is a testimony. He saved us not just from our sin. He saved us from his wrath. He saved us from hell. He saved us from ourselves. He saved us from him. Total salvation, right? So that is the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So in that sense, we are all supposed to be prophets, right? So how does it, how does, how does this episode start? It starts with Eli, uh, the sons of prophets making a plea to Elisha and recognizing the need to enlarge. Okay. Look at how it's, how it's, uh, um, how it's penned or rather written in my Bible. See, the place where we dwell under your charge is too small for us. It's interesting. You know, the word under your charge, it's very interesting, comes from a Hebrew word under your face. What does under your face means? Under your scrutiny. So, the sons of prophets are saying, see, uh, we want to dwell under your charge. We want to dwell under your scrutiny. We want you to constantly keep a watch over us and mentor us. But the problem is, it's too small. We want to, in some sense, if you look at the way the whole co- the, the sentence has been constructed, it says, we want an increase of your, what's that? Of your, Of your scrutiny in my life. Okay. It's very interesting. We want to, we want an increase of your scrutiny in my life. What does that mean? I want to be under intense mentoring. I want you to look and examine my life closely. But the problem is my life is too crowded. I want to expand it. Or there are too many of us. Well, I want to expand it. I want to increase your presence in my life. The problem is that. No, Many of us, we don't want increased scrutiny. Right? Okay. When the pastor is out, we are like the rats. Everybody comes out of their closet. No? So... We don't like increased scrutiny. How many of us really enjoy? You know? Somebody said, you no. Know, uh, a, a small girl was really frustrated with her grandfather. Why does Jesus constantly have to look at me? What? Why can't he just give me a break? And, and, and the grandfather was very wise. He said, you know what? He said, honey, Jesus loves you so much that he just can't take his eyes off you. He loves you so much. He wants to increase his scrutiny in your life. You know, the word is faces. God wants to show not only his, what? Goodness. (laughs) And also his severity. Those are the two faces of God. Not only that God is good all the time. God is also holy. God is righteous. God God is uncompromising with sin. We looked at Exodus chapter 33 last time, right? God is slow to anger, steadfast, uh, plenteous in steadfast love, forgiving, etc, etc, etc. But he says, in no wise I will make the guilt go unpunished. Guilty go unpunished. And I will visit the iniquity of the fathers unto the third and the fourth generation. So God is good. God is also severe. So we have to know the two faces of God. So we only don't want to have the goodness of God. We also need to know the severity of God. Both of those faces have to be proportionally given to us. In fact, let us have the greater proportion of uh, what? Severity. So that we can appreciate His goodness. Otherwise, we'll take his love for granted. See, the problem is this episode starts with a set of guys, a bunch of people who want to have an increased scrutiny of God over their lives. They want to be under the face and under the mentorship of a man who is holy. Okay, I want to be under your charge. That's exactly how Elisha started. He was under Elijah's charge. Oh, was it easy for him to be under Elijah's charge? Not one year, not two years, not three years, for eighteen years under the charge of Elijah. Man, by the time he was done, I believe every, every ounce of the flesh was taken away from his life. It's not easy to be a, to be with a man of God like Elijah, no? It says in Isaiah chapter 33, who can dwell in the midst of what? Anybody can complete that sentence? Who can dwell in the midst of everlasting burnings? Elijah was a man like that, man was on fire and he would not tolerate sin in anybody's life. And this man was under his scrutiny for 18 years, Elisha. Now, how does this episode start, by the way? What happened before that? Anybody? Okay, so let me read a particular. Uh, you can go to your Bibles and see what happens. We know the story of uh, of 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 uh, Naaman and Gehazi, right? But look at a certain interesting feature which I want to bring to your notice in the context of today's uh, today's study. Turn to Second uh, Kings chapter five. Uh, let's read it from uh, read from uh, uh, verse twenty two, uh, so twenty one. So Gehazi said, "As long as my God lives, I will go and get myself." No, right? As, uh, as the Lord lives, I will run after Him and get something from Him. Now when you say, as the Lord lives, I will run after Him, Baba, Living God, it is, it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the, ah, it is a terrible thing to fa- fall into the hands of the Living God. Now look at what it says. I'm reading from verse 21. So Gehazi followed Naman. And when Naaman saw someone running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him and said, is all well? And what does he say? He says, all is well. All is well. Okay. My master has sent me to say, they have just now come to me from the hill country of Ephraim, two young men of the sons of the prophets. In other words, you know, um, uh, it's like, you know, a lot of ministries, right? Uh, How many children do you have in your orphanage? Oh, we have 500 people, 2000 people in our church. Oh, we need funds from America. We have tremendous need. They want to use deceptive means. To evangelize. It's exactly, that is the spirit of Gehazi. Okay, so let's let's move on. And then they they construct for themselves, boy, uh, just not mansions. They have Lamborghinis and uh, Porsches in India, not even in America. No, huh? Let's move on. And what happened? And and Naaman said, be pleased to accept two talents, not just one talent. And he urged him and tied up two talents of silver and two bags and two changes of clothing and lit and laid them on two of his servants and they carried them before Gehazi and he, and he came to the hill, he took them from his, from their hand, put them in this house and sent the men away and they departed. He went in and stood before his master Elisha as if nothing has happened. And what does he say? Where have you been? You see, this guy thought he could run away from the scrutiny of God. Look at what it says. And he said, your servant went nowhere. And what it says, but he said to him, did not my heart go with the man turned from his chariot to meet you, when the man turned from his chariot to meet you, was was it a time to accept money and garments and olive orchards and vineyards, sheep, oxen, male servants, female servants? Therefore, the leprosy Naman of, of Naaman will cling to you and to your descendants forever. So he went from his, ah, you know the word presence is face. He departed from the face of Elisha. He didn't want to come under the scrutiny of Elisha. That is how it departs. That is how the story starts. The story of this prophet starts with, they realize, Baba, we also have the spirit of Gehazi in our hearts. We need increased scrutiny. We need increased presence of God in our lives. So what does it do? They say, see the question is that, do we really desire that? Do we really desire God? Do we really have a hunger for God? You know, these, these only, these sermons will only fire up people who have a desire for God, not for anybody. People who are just satisfied with the status quo, you know, everything will be normal for them. But if you really, really want revival in your hand, if you have a hunger for God, then it is for you. You see, there's a very interesting uh, prayer in Colossians. Can you somebody uh, turn to Colossians, please? I want you to read from Colossians chapter 1. You can read from NIV if you have or NKJV is no, not a problem. NIV or NKJV. Uh, Colossians chapter 1 verses 9 to 12. And you read and I will, uh, and I will repeat after you. Okay? Okay, maybe I'll, I'll turn my Bible. Okay, just hold on, hold on. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll read from my Bible. Why do I uh, want to trouble you? No? So Colossians chapter 1 from verses 9 to 12. And so on from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the what? Knowledge of his will. What should you be filled with? What are you filled with? Are you filled with the knowledge of his will? That's the prayer of Apostle Paul. He says, Lord, I want for me and for all the people who are under my charge to be filled with the... Knowledge of his will. And then, and it says, asking, okay, uh, with uh, the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. It is not some spiritual wisdom and understanding. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in the manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and... And increasing in the knowledge of God. How, see, how, just look at the two ends of the two verses, okay? First it starts with, you should be filled with the knowledge of His. So in order to be filled with the knowledge of His will, you should increase in the knowledge of God. That is a prayer. And then it says, may you be strengthened, verse 11, with all power, strength, with all power, according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience, not full stop. With joy. No, look at this. What is, he says, you need strength for this. For this, what do you need? To be filled with all knowledge. It is not easy. To know the knowledge of, how many of you really know the will of God for your life? Specifically, if I were to ask you. If I were to ask this young, uh, young man over there. What is the will of God for your life? you what is the will of God? Are you filled with the knowledge of His will for your life? And if you know His will, you need what? Strength and might so that you may perceive and be patient with joy. You look at this. What is perseverance? Perseverance has got to do with your work. For example, perceiver in your hard work so that you will get success. Perceiver. Persevere in spite of all the obstacles that you have. This is the goal that I have. I want to persevere. What is patience? Be patient with people. Okay. Perseverance has got to do with your work. Patience has got to do with what? With people. And don't be grudging. Or oh, you have to be patient with this fellow. No, no, no. With joy. Okay. I need perseverance. I need patience. Persevere in your work. A lot of people give up in their work because they don't have strength. They don't have strength because they have not increased in the knowledge of God. They don't have they don't have increased in the knowledge of God because they don't know what the knowledge of his will. They don't have strength. The question is therefore, do we have a hunger for God? It starts with that. Do we have a hunger for God? Look at some Old Testament saints who will put us to shame. Okay. Let us turn to some Old Testament saints. Okay. Turn to Psalm 43 verse 2. Read it in KJV. If you have KJV. Psalm 43 verse 2. This is the Psalms of the sons of who? Korah. Okay. Read it please. Yes. Psalm 43 verse 2. Don't be ashamed. Oh, You're the God of my strength. Oh, 43, 42, sorry, not 43. 42 verse 2. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. Apologize. Yeah. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before him? Can you imagine this thirst? I want to appear before God. And I am thirsting for him. This is the psalmist. 43 verse 4. 43 verse 4. Psalm 43 verse 4. Yes. Then will I go onto the altar of God? And to God my exceeding joy. This is what he says. This is the psalmist in the Old Testament. Do we... Have exceeding joy when we meet. Are you a Bible study have a Bible study? Bible study, Bible study, Bible study. There's no joy. 63, Psalm 63. This is fantastic. Verses 1 onwards. Psalm 63, verse 1 onwards. Oh God, thou art my God. Earnestly will I seek thee as in a dry and a weary land where there is no... My soul longs for Thee, my soul what thirsts for Thee. My body longs for Thee. Like you know, whenever you uh, fast for for let's say you didn't eat a meal, by the time you, it is evening, what happens to your body? It is longing for food. That is how he says. This is Old Testament guy. He's do you long for God like this? Another place, Psalm eighty four verses one and two. Psalm eighty four verses one and two. Psalm 84 verses 1 and 2. How amiable is your tabernacle? O Lord of hosts. see it says, how lovely is your dwelling place? O Lord Almighty, my soul longs for thee, even thirst for thee. Read, read, read it in your Bible, okay, Peter. It's, uh, that is too much of KJV there. Yeah. yeah, read it. Tabernacles, O Lord Almighty, longs for thee, even faints for thee. You know, it's like this, no? Uh, somebody hears some loved one is gone. What happens to that girl? Faints. Okay. Your, uh, somebody dumped you. Your boyfriend dumped you. What happens to the girl? Faint. Okay. He's faint. They've lost all hope. But you know what he says? Lord, I'm fainting for you. Let's move on, move on. What does it say? My heart and my flesh cry out for you in over oh, the living God. Okay, that's enough. And verse 7 maybe. They grow from strength to strength every one of them in Zion to appear before God. You see, that is what, I mean, I want to meet God. Woe to those who are at ease in Zion. You see, there's no hunger for God. Another fantastic verse. Okay. Psalm 119 verse 20. Psalm 119 verse 20. And if you have an ESV Bible, Dr. Richard, you might read it. Psalm 119. I know you have ESV. Okay. Psalm 119 verse 20. Read it, Dr. Richard. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules. How many of you like rules? Rules are meant to be broken. That is the old saying, no? And this guy is saying, my soul is consumed with longing for your rules. Not one day, not one hour, not for 10 hours, all the time. That's a man who's on fire and he's wants the, he wants the presence of God too much in his life. The question is, do we desire for God like that? Is there a longing for him? You know, it starts with that. It starts with that. Do you have a longing? Yes. If there is a longing, you know what you should do? Go to work. What should you do? Go to work. You know why? Christian life is a lot of hard work. What is it? Lot of hard work. Turn to Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 7. 2nd Timothy chapter 2 verse 7. We looked at it yesterday in one of our Bible studies. But look at that. Very very powerful word. 2nd Timothy chapter 2 verse 7. Uh, think over what I say. The Lord will give you understanding. Meditate on what I say. That is the reason why it says, uh, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it. You know, the word meditate comes from the Hebrew word hege. Okay. Hege, day and night. What is hege means? It's like a lion sitting on its prey and eating. Have you seen National Geographic? I mean, this is graphic, no? Lion sitting on its prey and tearing it apart. Flesh by flesh, bone by bone. And munching and munching and munching and eating. And after high protein diet, it sleeps for 18 hours. Okay, That is what is Meditation. What does it mean? For, for 18 hours, it's resting so that all that food that it has munched is digested. You know, problem is, many, many believers, they are not fit for meat. They're only fit for milk. Too much. Okay, little of God is okay. Too much. Don't be too radical. No. This, that is what is meditation. That is longing. And this is what Christian life is. You have to go for work. Go to work. So what does he say? Go to work. Okay, fine. You have a desire to expand your territory so that you can have increased scrutiny in your life. That means increase the presence of Jesus in your life. Okay, go to work. But the problem is, many people don't want to go to work. You know why? They don't like the two faces of God. They only like the goodness of God. They don't like the truth of God you know aw tozer wrote something very interesting just follow this carefully okay for myself i long i long ago sorry for myself i long ago decided that i would rather know the truth than be happy in ignorance for myself i long ago decided that i ra- that i would rather know the truth than be happy in ignorance ignorance is not bliss okay and he says if i cannot have both truth and happiness give me truth why we'll have a long time in heaven to be happy. It's amazing. <laughs> what a what a man he says. it is. It, 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 he, he, he can only decide for for himself. Can, you, I cannot decide for you. I can only decide for myself. I cannot even decide for my wife. I cannot even decide for my children. I have to make a decision, Lord. I would rather have truth than what happiness. You know, a lot of people want happiness now, holiness later. But you know what God says. Holiness now, happiness later. In fact, if you're really holy now, you will have joy. You will have true happiness. Blessed is the man who is not offended because of me. You see that? So, that is the reason why they don't like these two faces of God. They would, But to have these two faces of God, you need to go to work. Okay, you need to love truth. Second Thessalonians chapter uh, two verses nine to twelve. Second Thessalonians chapter two verses nine to twelve. Somebody read it please, quickly. The coming of the lawless son will be with a lots of lying signs and wonders. Yes, 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 and all wicked deception. To those who are perishing. Why? They did not receive the love of truth. Go on. Go on. And be saved. Therefore, God sent them a strong delusion so that they may believe a what? A lie. Yes. Okay. And all be condemned. Yes. Because they do not have pleasure in truth, but they have pleasure in what? unrighteousness. They don't have pleasure in truth. They have pleasure in unrighteousness. Okay. They did not receive the love of truth. Gehazi is one guy who did not receive the love of truth. And ultimately he went away from the presence of the Lord as a what? As a leper. And there are so many people who leave the presence of God and they are lepers. So, you have to go to work. Okay, and you can only choose it for yourself. I want to inherit the life of Christ. What should I do? I don't need to go to work. But the problem is a lot of people don't want to work. Look at what it says. If you turn to um, uh, Joshua chapter 18. Joshua chapter 18, please. Somebody can turn to Joshua chapter 18 quickly. Uh, I'll read you the verse. Joshua chapter 18. And I'll, I'm reading from verses 1 onwards. Follow it in your Bibles. Okay. Then the whole congregation of the people of Israel assembled at Shiloh and set up the tent of meeting there. The land lay subdued before them. There remained among the people of Israel seven tribes. How many tribes? Now, think about it. Some tribes already received their inheritance. Who are those tribes? Reuben, Gad, half the tribe of Manasseh. So two and a half tribes already received their inheritance. How many tribes are left? Another? Eight and a half tribes are left. Because 11 tribes. Out of which, only one and a half tribe has received the inheritance. Rest of the seven tribes have still not received inheritance. Look at what it says. The reason is given. Okay. Verse, verse 3. So, uh, so, verse 2. They remain among the people of Israel seven tribes whose inheritance has not been apportioned or uh, given. So, Joshua said to the people of Israel, How long, what? Will you put off going to take the possession of the land which the Lord God of your forefathers has? He has already given you. But you're putting it off. Putting it off. Putting it off. Putting it off. It's okay. Not today. Tomorrow. You're you, we are urgent in worldly things, but not urgent when it comes to spiritual things. And look at what happens as a result of this. Turn to Judges, please. Judges. Chapter 1. Quickly. Judges, chapter 2, in fact. Okay, chapter 1. And then with chapter 2 as well. Okay. Judges, chapter 1. And I'm reading from verse... Uh 21. Verse 21. Okay. It says, but the people of Benjamin did not drive out. Does it say could not? They did not. That means an act of disobedience. And then verse uh, 26. Sorry, 27. And Manasseh did not drive out. And then uh, verse 29. And Ephraim did not drive out was 30 zebulun did not drive out Verse 31 asher did not drive out Verse 33 naphtali did not drive out they didn't go to work they were satisfied in the but what happens when you are when you are done chapter 2 verse 1 now the angel of the lord went up from gilgal to bochim you know what bochim means weeping okay And he said, I brought you up out of Egypt, brought you into the land, and I swore to give it to your forefathers. I said, I will never break covenant with you, and you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of the land, but you have not obeyed my voice. What is this you have done? So now I say, I will not drive them out from you did not drive them out. So what does God say? I will not drive them out. You see that? So very, very serious thing. If you don't drive them out, God says, okay, fine, you're not cooperating with me, right? I already gave you that land. You're not, you're not interested in your spiritual growth. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to not drive them out. I'm going to leave them like that. Why? It says, but they shall, but they shall be become thorns on your sides and their God shall be snared to you as long as the angel of the Lord spake these words to the people of the, of Israel. They lifted up their voices and wept and they call the name of the place bochim and they sacrificed to the lord you did not drive out so i will also not drive out so go to work time is very short go to work all right it's not going to be easy go to work work with intent intent let's go back now second to second kings please and observe a few more things today second kings chapter 6 <clears throat> a few more things Okay, and the uh, the man of God said, "Go, okay. So go ye into all the world and make disciples of all nations, teaching them, etc. Okay, so go. And then said the promises, and lo, I am with you always, even to the even till the ends of the world. That is a promise. But if the promise is there, what should you say, Lord? You promise, so." Come with me and be with me. That's exactly what the next guy will say in verse three. Then one of them said, Be pleased to go with your servants, and you know what it says, what he says, I will go. So he went with them. So don't do anything. I mean, these the Christian life cannot be done in your own strength. Forget it. Many people have tried. And can you imagine? Can you imagine the pride of the human heart that it that it can think that it can attain the righteous standards of God in its own strength? You see? It's impossible to attain any of the righteous standards of God in your own strength. So be desperate for God, but not just desperate to overcome sin, desperate to have him in your life so that you can overcome sin in his strength. Okay? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It is impossible. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. It says, if you live according to the flesh, you will. But if you by the spirit put to death the deeds of the body, you will. For as many as are led by the, are the, oh, as many as are led by the Spirit of God to put to death the deeds of the body by the Spirit, are the children of God. You see? So it is only by the Spirit. It is not by power, not by my might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. So, this is, this is something which we need, all of us need to understand. It is impossible for us to do anything, like Pastor was saying, let, ask him to go with you today ask him to go every day ask him to go every day with you I can we can tell you one incident that happened the other day uh in our school no um strange incident okay and, uh, it's, it's it's very strange every time we start our school we start with prayer so all teachers come together and i mean supervisors and teachers we come together and we pray we pray the blood of jesus and that day we had some photo session and we forgot to pray we forgot to pray, and so with the photo session happened, everything happened. And uh, after the prayer was over, oh, sorry, after the photo session was over, I came, I, I came back to the school, I settled down the children, and I left. Few hours later, Justin calls me, and he says, Vijay, you know something happened. I said, What happened? There was what this one Hindu guy who barged into the into the school with his tilak and with his with his pantulu. Look. And he started asking for admission for my child, for his child. And Justin kept on saying, no, it is not for you. It is only for us. It is not for others. Please go out. And he wouldn't go. Insisted staying there and nobody was there. Justin and uh, another, another person, all the kids there. Started our day without prayer and we have opened ourselves. You know, you need to understand the more you walk with God in his will, you have to, you will be the target of the enemy. And there will be opposition. Don't start your day without God. Boy, you think it is, you have a plan B without God? I mean, what audacity to think that you can accomplish anything of the day without God? Is there an option for you? Lord, go. No option, my dear brothers and sisters, no option. So, Lord, please go with me. Go with me. And we need to take him, how? As he is, and not in our own ways. Okay, we, we have looked at that so many times. And then what happens? But even as one of them, so so he went with them, as verse 4, so he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was felling a log, his accent fell into the water, and he cried out, Alas, my master, it was borrowed. You know, Pastor was talking to the to the pastors. He said, Your gift that you have received is not your own. It is borrowed. The life that you received is not your own, it is borrowed. The anointing that you received, it is a, what do we call, a pledge. It's an investment of God in your life. What are you doing with your investment? Of God in your life. The grace that you received, the gifts that you received, the talents that you received, it is a gift of God. It is borrowed. And you know what? It's not your own, right? If it is not your own, what is God going to ask you? He's going to ask you for an account. Have you lost it? Have you lost your gift? Or have you buried it like that fellow in the water? One talent? Only one talent? No. What I can do? I can only clean the church. That's the only talent that I have. Nobody observes me. I was thinking about it, no? When we do good things, we want everybody to observe. But when we do bad things, we don't want everybody to Observe no. We sin in secret, we do righteous acts in public. But God says, Don't sin in secret, don't do your righteous. Also do your righteous acts in if you can if you sin, sin sin so that everybody knows. Be like that 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 lady, you know, who says, This is who I am, Lord. I don't want to hide anything. They want to hide. They don't, they want to hide their sin, but they want to show off their acts of righteousness. But you know what God says? Your acts of righteousness, let it not be known from it to anybody except your father who sees it in secret. We are like that. We want all of our, that's what sin does, you know? How, how is this, the pattern of sin is this. How is pattern of sin? Eve. She saw. She coveted. She enjoyed. She hid. From whom? From God's presence. Okay? David saw. David coveted. David enjoyed. David hid. Achan saw. Achan coveted. Achan enjoyed. Achan hid. Vijay saw. Vijay coveted. Vijay enjoyed. Vijay hid. That is the pattern of sin. You see? You covet. You enjoy and you don't want anybody to know. Let it be the history's best kept secret. You know what it says in Romans chapter 2? On that day, God will judge the secrets of men by my gospel, by the man Jesus Christ, according to my gospel, by my, by the, by the man Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. So understand that. Okay. Understand that. Don't, don't hide from God. Don't hide from God. So what happened to this fellow? Don't hide. This guy lost his gift and he says, Lord, alas my master, it is gone, it is borrowed. Nobody even cries these days. Do you even cry? Alas! that, That word is actually a cry. Oh my goodness, a cry of desperation. Alas my master, I have lost it. Now this is interesting, isn't it? You know, when I was looking at the scripture, I was looking at various commentaries. But the best commentary for scripture is, Fantastic, no? So let me show you something today. Fresh. Okay. I mean, a pastor was saying, we I continue the study that I already started. I'm like, oh Lord, I don't want to plagiarize what his sermon. God's give me something new. Okay. So let us, let us look at this. No, we have the best way to understand scripture is, you want a commentary of this? Let us turn to Deuteronomy chapter 19. I want to show you a strange passage which will sh- throw light on this. And every one of you listen carefully and attentively, please. Deuteronomy uh, uh, chapter nineteen. I'm going to read from verses one onwards, and all of you don't go ahead of me. D- say, don't go ahead of me, okay? Don't be my like my uh, students. They will, they will already they, they're like uh, Sherlock Holmes, right? You, you are from Afghanistan. They, he looked at uh, Doctor Watson the first time. And he said, "You are from Afghanistan, right?" And he's shocked. How did you know? Because he just went ahead of him. Okay, For those who read the study in Scarlet, okay. <laughs> Uh, anyway so don't go ahead of me follow me carefully okay everybody don't everybody look at me once ah good now look into the bibles okay follow me carefully all right good when the lord your god cuts off so this is uh, deuteronomy chapter 19 yeah verse 1 uh, one on words, when the Lord your God cuts off the nations whose land the Lord your God has given you, given you, and you disposes them and dwell in their cities and in their houses, you shall set apart three cities for yourselves in the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. You shall measure the distances and divide into three parts the area of the land that the Lord your God gives you as a possession so that any manslayer can flee from, flee to them. Okay, so he's saying, Three cities, measure it and put in your in the land that your lot your God in your inheritance, land of inher- inheritance, so that a manslayer can flee to them. How many manslayers over here? How many of you murdered accidentally? Let us see. Okay, let's move on. Verse 4. This is the provision for the manslayer. Everybody look at me, no? This is the provision for the who? For the manslayer, a guy who was murdered. Or manslaughter is the one who kills somebody accidentally. Murder is the one who kills somebody with intent. Okay, there's a difference. Okay, so this is a manslayer. You now what happens? This is a provision for the manslayer who by fleeing there may say there, that is to those places, may save his life. If anyone kills his neighbor, How? unintentionally without having hated him in the past. Verse 5. Okay, now look at this. Very interesting. As when someone goes into the forest with his neighbor to cut, oh, to cut wood how? And his hand swings the axe to cut down the tree. And the head or the axe slips from the handle and strikes his neighbor and he dies. He may flee to one of the cities of Okay. Now this is the episode, no? Is it happening over here? No, let me see. What is happening and what is not happening? What is happening is here. What is happening? A bunch of guys came together, went to the forest to cut wood. Did they go? Yes. Till there, there's commonality, right? In 2 uh, Kings chapter 6 and Deuteronomy chapter 19. Then one guy was going crazy. His axe was was not sharp. And he didn't even realize that the head was coming out. He was chopping and chopping and chopping and chopping and chopping. He was putting more more and more and more in weight. What happened? The axe head flew off. He, I mean, like Pastor was talking about, he just flew off, okay? It flew off till that point graphically in the movie everything is same i mean if you put juxtapose these two frames till the point of flying off it is the same now the difference is this one case the accident flew and hit somebody and that fellow died in the next case the accident didn't hit anybody it went into the water and it drowned the question is The guy who was the prophet, who was doing this, the accent went away, right? And he cried out, what? Alas, my master! It fell. Drowned. And what does the master say? Where? That place. So what does the master take? He takes a stick. Now tell me which other episode in the Bible. We know it. Where... Something happens, the leader cries out, and he puts stick, Mara, Exodus chapter 15, verse 25. What happens? The people of Israel have come, and they want to drink water, the water is bitter, they call it Mara, and they cry out, and so Moses cries out, Lord, and Lord shows him what? Tree. Put the tree into the water, and it will turn, become bitter, water will become sweet, and you can enjoy here in this case, something different has happened. Now what is that? What is a tree? A sign of? The cross, everybody, you know. So all theologically sound people who know, okay, this is 11 years of training, this is what it does to you. So the tree stands for the cross. Now this is exactly what is happening over here. What has happened? This guy threw the stick and what came out? The point is, this fellow axe fell away. Right? And Elisha had to use the provision of God of Jesus on the cross to get the accent back. That means he was guilty of what? Guilty of what? No. You're saying, boss, how did you come to the conclusion that he guilty of man, and how did you conclude that it is a cross? It is a cross, first of all, and how did you conclude that this in this places of refuge is in, in, is in fact a cross? So now turn to me, bear with me. Now, everybody, th- pay, pay attention. Okay, turn to Joshua chapter twenty. Let me show you something fantastic over there. This is Joshua chapter twenty. Hmm? All of you, okay, be masters of the Old Testament. You'll be better than John MacArthur. Just kidding. I'm just kidding, just kidding, okay, he's a great man of God, (laughs) okay, so let me read, let me read from verse 1 onwards, everybody follow carefully, okay, look at me, everybody, okay, fantastic, okay, look at me, all right, now let's, now let's follow verse by verse, Joshua chapter 20, verse 1 onwards, then the Lord said to Joshua, say to the people of Israel, appoint the cities of refuge, of which I spoke to you through, Moses, where, in Deuteronomy chapter 19, yeah? That the manslayer who strikes any person without intent or unknowingly may flee there. They came, they shall for you be a refuge from the, who? From the avenger of blood is behind you. But think about it. Did he intentionally slay him? No, it is unintentional. But why should the avenger of blood be behind me? If it is unintentional. And then go on. He shall flee to those cities and shall stand in the entrance of the gate of the city and explain his case to the elders of that city. Then they shall take him into the city and give him a place and he shall remain with them. And if the avenger of blood pursues him, they shall not give up the manslayer into his Wow! Because he struck his neighbor unknowingly and did not hate him in time past. But is he still not guilty? Look at what it says in verse 6. And he shall remain in that city until he stood before the congregation for judgment. And then until the death of the who? Who is our high priest? Who was judged on our behalf? No, the question you'll still ask, okay, fine, I understood that the provision that Elijah was giving was the cross. You'll say, no, it's, a, it's obviously the cross because he threw the stick into the waters and the axe came out. But how are you concluding that this prophet is guilty of what? Of manslaughter. And therefore he needs a cross. You understand? Do You understand the problem over here? How are you saying that this prophet is guilty of the blood of somebody unintentionally? Okay. How is he guilty of the blood? His axe has gone blunt. It is an instrument which is essentially the guy has lost his sense and the sharpness of the edge of the gospel in his own life. And then it is concluding that he is guilty of what? Manslaughter. Turn with me to Ezekiel, please. Chapter 3. Everybody turn there and look at me, okay? Everybody turn there and look at me. And this is, this is classic classroom teaching. Don't go ahead of me. Stay with me. Don't go behind me. Walk in step with the spirit and with Vijay today, okay? so if you walk in step with vijay yes, you're just walking in step with the spirit okay let's let me read from uh, ezekiel chapter 3 verse 17 onwards okay just turn there and look at me okay everybody there let me see verse 17 onwards son of man how many son of man over here raise your hands okay all of us no including women okay they are all sons of men hmm? son of man or ben adam okay i have made you a watchman for the house of israel Whoever you hear, when, whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to the, speak to warn the wicked from his, to turn from his wicked way in order to save his life, that wicked person shall die in his iniquity, but his blood, I will require, your hand. That's exactly what happened to this prophet. What has happened? He lost the edge of the gospel in his life. He is not warning the wicked people to turn from his wickedness. Was it unintentional? Yeah, maybe. And therefore, is he guilty of the blood? Yes, he is. And then, let's go on. Oh, you say, how many wicked people? Well, we are all saved. We are not wicked. We are clothed with the righteousness of Jesus. Why should this apply to us? Look at what, what it says in verse, ni- verse 18. If you say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning. oh, uh, Sorry, this is verse, verse 19. But if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, or from his wicked way, he shall die for his iniquity, but you should have delivered your soul. That means you have done your job. And then goes on. Again, if a righteous man Turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity or injustice. I lay a stumbling block before him that he shall die because you have not warned him. He shall die for his sin and his righteous deeds shall not be remembered, but his blood I shall require of your hand. The question is this. How many of you are warning? How many for really the messengers of the gospel? Gospel will offend people. You know, One of the things that I always had was in my heart that I, that my professor knows that I'm a Christian, but I never explicitly gave him the gospel. But I always had this prayer, Lord, I want to give him the gospel. Once the gospel is given, his blood is not on my hands. Okay. And when I present the gospel to him, Lord, I want to give him the authentic gospel, which might offend him. And you have to take that risk. I mean, I, I was talking to myself. Lord, I'm going to tell him, repent or perish. Repent or perish. Repent or perish. And I said, Lord, but I'm still not having the boldness to say. But God gave me the opportunity. You know, He invited. Rather, He spoke from His mouth. Vijay, I need to take you to dinner because I did not treat you. I said, okay. Because you said that, I will call you and ask for an opportunity, sir. Uh, how are you doing, sir? We need to meet. Oh, Vijay, I need to treat you. Okay, sir, where to go? Some place. So I got myself equipped <laughs> with the book which I wanted him to read. And he is a Brahmin, so I bought uh, I bought uh, the testimony of Ra- Rajkumar Ramachandran. You know him, right? Rajkumar Ramachandran, Iyer convert. So I got this book, his testimony, and another book, and I bought a bunch of ferocious, fero- right? Fero- fero- for a seven hundred and ninety nine rupees, okay, I can remember that my heart was bleeding, so <laughs> but then I said, "You know what, what does it profit a man? Then he gives the whole world what will you give in exchange for what one soul so what is seven hundred and ninety nine rupees his, his his dinner only costed him seven hundred bucks. I spent more plus the book so I went bought seven hundred ninety nine rupees Ferocious. And I, and I said, sir, compliments from my family, sir. My, my family, not my wife and my children, my, from my church. Okay. That's what I meant. I didn't say that though. Okay. And then, uh, he, we invited him, him to his place and we were, uh, all pleasantries are over and we sat in the car and now the rubber meets the road. He stopped in my car. The anointed nano. So I was driving him. So that is also an expense. He has. Oh, uh, which which car should 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 we take? My or, or, or yours? My car, sir. <laughs> my car. Okay, you sit in my car. So. I sat in, he sat in my car. So once he, once he is in your car, he is on the defensive. So because he's not spending anything on you now, you're driving him. So he's at your disposal. So, so I started, the conversation started. He said, uh, Vijay, so f- do you think about your problem once in a while? I said, yes, sir. The other day I was just thinking about my problem. And I was thinking about uh, the problem that, you know, my problem can do something with DNA. I can m- do mathematical modeling of DNA. Oh, and he looked at me like that. Oh, is it? And he started becoming a little sarcastic. So what, what does the church have to say about the math- mathematical model of the DNA? Sarcastic. And I looked at him and I said, Sir, in Christianity, we are not worried about a theory. We are worried about why the theory is there. Okay. If that theory, any theory that rejects the existence of God, we reject it. Any theory which brings us close to God, we accept it. Oh I see, okay. what is Christianity? And I said, sir, Christianity says that God is absolutely righteous and holy okay God is absolutely righteous and holy and we are all sinners. that's what we believe. I didn't say we are all sinners, we believe okay so so we should say the truth and also say it no so, so we, we believe sir, we believe this oh is it? And you know, conversation was going on and on and on and on. And you know what? Suddenly, after out of the blue and he made this statement, he said, Vijay, even in Hinduism, there is a personal God. Why should we only believe in Jesus? We also, I said, sir, who is your personal God? Krishna. Krishna with 99 Gopikas. Whatever, whatever the number is, no? I said, sir, okay, fine, you said that Krishna is the one, one person who can give you that relationship with God, personal relationship with God. But how is he gonna solve the sin problem? I said, well, he said, what is sin problem? Sir, if God is righteous, then he has to punish sin. Oh, but he overlooks sin, it's okay, he overlooks sin. Then I said, sir, if he overlooks sin, how is he just? How is he righteous? He looked at him. He looked at me like that for a while and I told him, sir, Bible says it is appointed to man to die once and the judgment. And if you accept the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, you don't have to die anymore. The gospel. You know, he was talking about right-wing theology. I mean, right, right-wing the ideology and left-wing ideology. I said, sir, if you want to reconcile those people who are on the right with those people who are on the left, it is only the way of the cross. It is for one man to go down and wash the other man's feet. And you know what, what God, God did through Christ? He did that. He came down to our level and he washed our feet so that we can be reconciled to God. The way of the cross. You were shocked. Then... At the end of the conversation, I was dropping him home. I took out the book. Sir, this is a testimony of one Brahmin Hindu convert who his journey to Christ, please read it. I gave him the whole gospel. And if he does not accept Jesus as his Lord and Savior, his blood is not on my hands. No question, my dear brothers and sisters, are you living a life in your colleges, in your schools? You think that you are there only by accident. You have no purpose. But let me tell you, if you bear the name of Christ, and if you do not share the gospel, intentionally or otherwise, the avenger of blood is after you. The avenger of blood is after you. You lost your edge. Your axe is gone. It's drowned and buried. You are hid the testimony of Jesus under the waters. Think about it. Are you passionate for souls? Oh, I don't want to offend anybody. You know, <laughs> better to offend them and get their wrath now rather than seeing them seeing them in hell and crying out to you, "Why did you not tell me the gospel?" And Jesus, you know what He will say? You are guilty of His blood. You are guilty of your relatives' blood. You are guilty of your friend's blood. You are guilty of your of your of your of your neighbor's blood, or your or your people in your in your in your immediate spheres of influence, where you did not show forth Christ, and you hid the testimony of Jesus Christ, and you didn't even cry and says, "Allah, Master, it is lost." You are guilty. And a lot of people from GSS, right? You've trained yourself for 11 years. Do you really have a passion for your own family? Your own family? Will you cry out and say, Lord for my children? Parents? Parents, parents, parents. How many parents? Let's raise our hands. Parents of young children. Let's raise our hands. Do we teach our children the whole gospel? The rod and the Stuff my parents, my children know what is the difference between the rod and the stuff? I told them what does the rod do? It pains. But we are so careful of not giving our children pain. Ayo, papam. Oh, ame sundari Manohari, is manohari? She doesn't like, oh, if you tell something hard, she will feel, oh, yo, yo, yo. They don't love rebuke. You know, it says, rebuke a scorner and he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man, he will love you. Rebuke a wise man and he will become wiser. You see, commandment is life, law is light, reproofs of instruction are the way of life. To keep you from the immoral woman, from the adulteress which flatters with her lips. We like flattery. You like what? Flattery. And you don't want to say, you don't want to offend people. You know, think about it, no? If our life does not offend people, boss, you have to question yourself what kind of a life you're leading. If you're afraid of preaching the gospel to them, that means you yourself are not convicted about the gospel you yourself don't think that you need the gospel you yourself don't think that if unless and until i have the gospel i'm not saved if i cannot be saved who else can be I and mean, nobody can be saved that is the reason why it says you know what paul says i am a debtor boy what i'm a i'm under obligation to the jews or sorry to the greeks and to the barbarians hmm. to the wise and to the unwise as much as is in me i am ready to preach the gospel to those who are in rome also for, why for i am not ashamed of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power; it is the only power unto salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Nobody, anybody, has to come to one way. If you actually are not sharing the gospel, you know what it means. You believe that there are several ways to Jesus, to God. Do you believe? See, that is the reason why Naaman was so upset when Naaman, when <laughs> when Naman, somebody said to Naman, "No, Naaman, Naaman, go to Israel. There's a prophet. Huh? You go to him; he will heal you." So he put all his uh, What? His everything? Huh? To hide his leprosy? To gold, silver, bronze, everything, several servants? And where did he end up first? Where did he end up? Did he, did he end up at Elijah or somewhere somewhere else? Elisha or somewhere else? He went to the king. Where did the, where did the servant ask him to go? To the prophet. Where did he go? To the king. Because he thought the king was a prophet. Because those days king means God Caesar means what? God. So he goes, to, goes to the king, and he says, "Heal me." <laughs> and the king tears his robe and he says, "Am I God? Who can heal you?" And somebody says, "Go to Elisha." And then he goes to Elisha. Elisha doesn't even look at him. He sends one message. He says. Go to the go to Jordan and wash yourself. And you know what this fellow was thinking? He was thinking that this man would come and say, oh great Naman, you accomplish virtuoso. I am so proud of your accomplishments. Oh, you came to this poor prophet for the gospel. He doesn't even want to look at him. Go and wash yourself in Jordan. You know what Naman says? He is so angry and he is going back and one of his servants will say, Master, if the man would ask you to do something? Ah! Because this fellow was looking for something great. Okay, fine. Go to Tirupati, 2000, 2500 coconuts and go to Varanasi and drown yourself. Go to this place. Go to travel, 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 travel all around the place. And then he says, are there not rivers? What does it mean? Why should this gospel be so exclusive? Why should only Jordan why can't we in so many other ways? And third thing, it's free? I don't want anything for free. You <laughs> are. We have movie bops here, see? I don't want anything for free, okay? You don't have to give me any salvation for free. Still look, I have so much. It's free? It's so simple. Just dipping yourself. Simple. So simple. I don't like this. I want something great. But you know what that guy says? Lord, would you not have done? But this guy, in order for him to really, 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 really have the gospel in his life, you know what he has to do? He has to strip himself of all his accomplishments and show to the entire world that this is a man full of leprosy. What are you covering yourself with? 20 grand slams. That is the reason why it's called Grand Slam. But what are you inside? Absolutely hungry, destitute, naked, leper, full of sin. Do you see all your accomplished friends like that? Do you have this kind of a mindset? You, that fellow might be a brilliant guy, but deep down inside, but that fellow is an Albert Einstein, Ray. You don't know how he solves problems in the air. In the air, he solves problems. I want to be like him. No, he doesn't have to be like you. You don't have to be like him. He has to be like you. And unless he becomes you, he will only be solving problems in the air, even in hell. hell, And wondering how he reached there. And his blood will be upon your hand. Who's after you? Ah, thank you, Sami. Avenger of blood is after you. Do you know that? Do you know that? The avenger of blood is after you? PepsiCo? You want to save people's lives? Don't just become a doctor. Doctor can only save. No, no, he can only prolong. Am I right, Dr. Richard? In this case, for a few, few seconds maybe, I don't know. In the emergency case. He can only prolong. But you can become a doctor who can give them life eternally. Can you imagine that? Do you understand? Are we manslayers? Are we guilty? Our parents, show you, do you give them the whole counsel of God? Do you give them the danda as well as the comfort? Oh, you know what it says? Beat him with the rod. If you beat him, you will not kill him. Okay, first thing. You will not kill him, but you will do one thing for sure. You will deliver his soul from hell. If you don't beat him, his blood will be upon your hand. You will be a manslayer and you'll be guilty and the avenger of blood is after you. Okay. So let me tell you all the people who have, who have mentors and leaders and elders and parents. Okay. You know what? It says shepherd the flock of God because they have to give an account for your soul. I was discussing with Pastor in the morning. You know, we were talking. We were going to uh, the airport. You know what he said, Vijay? One of the reasons why we are not proud, we were just thinking about it. No, one of the reasons why in our church there is some semblance of purity is because the pulpit is uncompromising. We have endeavored to preach the whole gospel of God. Turn to Acts chapter twenty, please. Acts chapter twenty. Acts chapter 20. I'm reading from verses 16, 17 onwards. And verse 18 onwards, okay? And when they came to him, he said to him, you yourselves know how I lived among you. He doesn't talk about his gospel first. He talks about what, what first? His life. Do you see that? So can, can you, you can you go to your office and say, you know how I lived among you. Did I ever compromise? Did I lie? Did I cheat? Did I did I compromise the truth? You yourself know how I lived among you. And then it says, next verse. Serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of Jews. How did I did not shrink from declaring to you that which was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house. That's exactly what happens in our church. In public. And from house to house, Bible study, Bible study, Bible study. Those days we used to have five days Bible study. Okay. Was testifying both to Jews and Greeks, repentance toward God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to that to me, that to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not count my life of any value. Nor as is precious to myself. If only I finish my course. And the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that you have received a ministry? Verse 27. The verse 26. Therefore I testify you to this day. I am innocent. Of the blood of. All men. For I did not shrink. From declaring to you the. Whole council. Of God. It's it's important for parents, no? For us, it's very, very important as parents. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 22 to 26. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 22 to 26. Hmm. Look at what it says. Now Eli was very old, and he kept hearing all that his sons were doing, and how they lay hands on women that were serving at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And he said to them, Oh, my sons, why do you do such things? Ayo? Do you see that? Ayo, Ayo, Ayo. And you know what it's what God says to him? You honored your sons more than you honored me. Those who honor me. I will honor. It says about Adonijah, David never corrected his sons. You know, to get discipline is a discipline. What did I say? To choose discipline is a discipline. That's that's exactly the reason why, you know, what I I have deliberately, I mean, this is a conscious decision. I want to be under the scrutiny of the eldership, of pastor, every day of my life. Every day. And I said, show me. This is what I am. And he will tell me. Danda and the rod. Both. Rod and the staff of the shepherd. Otherwise, who's after you? Who's after you? The avenger of blood is after you. You know, uh, I, I I really enjoy teaching the Pilgrim's Progress. No, how many of you remember the Pilgrim's Progress? Okay, now this is a very interesting episode in the in the, the story. Story. There's a very interesting part. No, uh, pilgrim. That is Christian. He has this battle with Apollyon. Remember? The battle with Apollyon. And after the battle with Apollyon, where does he go? He goes into the valley of the shadow of death. Remember? He goes through the valley of the shadow of death and he comes out of the valley of the shadow of death and now he's very comfortable. Finally, Lord, I wa- won the war against Satan. I won the war against the valley of the shadow of death and he comes onto the other side and there he sees somebody running ahead of him. Who's his name? faithful and you know what he says faithful hey 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 stop 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 please wait for me let me come you know what faithful says i am not going to stop who is after me the avenger of blood is after me you know what faith that is the reason why his name is faithful he says you know what i have a call on my life i have to preach the gospel i don't want to stop If I don't preach the gospel to everyone that God has appointed me, who is after me? The avenger of blood is after me. I'm I'm telling you, this man, John Bunyan, he has got such a revelation. How did he even write that? It was from God, I tell you. The avenger of blood! That is the reason why he's faithful. I have fought the fight. I have kept the, I have finished my race. I have kept the faith. That means I am faithful till the end. Till the last minute, I am going to preach the gospel. So you are going to send me to prison? I am going to write letters. What letters? Oh, letters to king, please release me. No, 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 no. no. Letters to the church. Letters to Philemon. Onesimus, you are here, huh? Please, receive the gospel. If you are chained to Apostle Paul, only two things can happen. Either you go to heaven or you go to hell for sure. That time. That time. That's it. Because you know what? He lived under the consciousness that who is after him? The avenger of blood is after him. The avenger of blood is after him. So what do we do now? Run to him now. If you want to Gave yourself safety from the avenger of blood. Where should you run to? To the cities of refuge. So let me name the cities of refuge for you. Kadesh. Six. Kadesh, Shechem, Hebron, Betzar, Ramoth, Golan. Six cities. Kadesh means holiness. Shechem means shoulder. Hebron means fellowship. Betzar means fortress. Ramoth means uplifting or heights. Golan means exile. Go to Jesus who is your righteousness and your holiness. And he will put you on his shoulder. And you can have fellowship with him and with others. And he will become a mighty fortress for you. And then he will uplift you. And you can walk as an exile. And when you walk as an exile, people will ask you, why are you walking like a prisoner? You'll tell them. You'll tell them, you know what? My God. This is not my world this is not my life there I'm going there. do you want to come with me? come through Jesus come through Jesus a question I really want to ask ourselves now are have we really have we the passion for souls? Do we have the passion for... So I was talking to pastor the other day. I said, Pastor, we should train our church, no? We should go into the mission field. We should train. We should, we should somehow train ourselves. And one day... And you know what he says? Vijay, not many people have zeal. Very few people. And he named those few people. And it came to one. And I'm not going to tell that name. Everybody is bothered about their own problems. That is the reason why... You know that last Sunday's message? It is about who? God. The focus has to turn from ourselves to God. Our problem, it is not about souls. You have so many issues. What about God? What about souls? Do you know that the avenger of blood is after you? Do you know it? Until you have preached the gospel, the gospel to everyone whom God has appointed in your life. To one, beginning with your own family and with your children, if you are a parent and your household, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't say, Are I myself am a failure. How can I preach to others?" You know what? You take a stand of faith and a step of faith. You know what? 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 You don't have any clue as to what God can do and the opportunities that God can give, give you to minister to others. But you should be available, not just be. You don't have to be able. You just have to be, you don't have to be able. Okay. You just have to be available. Available. God is not looking for ability. He is looking for availability. Please let us live in our consciousness. You know, our church is, if you don't preach the whole gospel, we are guilty of your blood. And we, that is the reason why, you know what it says in James chapter 3? Not many of you should be, ah, teachers. Not many of you should be teachers. So don't say, okay, okay, I'm not a teacher, I'm not, I'm safe. No, 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 no. Whether you like it or not, you're a teacher, you know that? Mother is a teacher. Brother is a teacher. And if you're not living your life according to the standard of the gospel, who is after you? The avenger of blood. Have you lost your axe? So what should you do? Cry out today. Alas, Lord! Alas, my master! I have lost it. And you know what God will say? Where did you lose it? Where did you lose your zeal? Which which sin has compromised your zeal? Go back to that point. Repent. Come back with fresh zeal. That is the reason why he tells the Laudation Church, be zealous and repent. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We praise you. We worship you. Father, if we have lost the zeal for souls, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. Lord, we don't want to be a set of people who will go about life without zeal for souls. Zeal for our own soul. Anoint us, O Lord. Commission us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. In Jesus' name, Amen.